All right, cats and kittens, a very special episode of the BrandoCast. It's literally the first BrandoCast done in self-quarantine with the <laughs> stay-at-home rule. We're all stuck in our apartments and homes. It's day 18 or 19 for me. I've yeah. gained 75 pounds, and I'm sitting here today <laughs> with the, the good graces of modern technology with one of the early guests of the BrandoCast, but one of my favorite dudes in the city of Los Angeles. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello and stay safe to Kevin Christie. Hi, guys. I'm, I think I'm day 17. You're on day 17? I think I'm day 18. I'm just, uh, just getting through it. I've lost three pounds. Wait, that's bullshit. You've lost three yeah. pounds during the... Lost how's, that, how's that possible? Well, I don't exercise to begin with, so it's not like I'm missing the gym. Uh, and I've just been eating a lot less because, you know, it's harder to get food. Um, I've been eating and drinking a lot. And I think I've had <laughs> carne asada tacos. I'm on a heavy rotation of Domino's pizza and carne asada tacos with yeah. meat from the Vallarta markets. Yeah, we've done Domino's twice. And let me tell you, it's there for you. Domino's is a, there for you. In a pinch, there's nothing wrong with Domino's pizza. No, breadsticks, they have dessert. <laughs> Look, we haven't gotten to the point where we're ordering the pasta, but it's coming. It's going to happen. Wait, give me the, what's the breakdown of the Domino's pasta? What, what can you possibly, I, I have they never have like clicked on that. Fettuccine link. Alfredo. Of course. They have like a penne situation. I think they have a spaghetti and meatballs. I, there's no way it's great or really even good, but I bet you it's fine. It's totally fine. It's as good as the frozen thing you bought at Albertsons. Same level. I, I would imagine that it's a step up from like uh, uh, Stouffer's mac and cheese. I would hope sure. it's just a tick better. Not much. Yeah. Yeah. But just right there. Yeah. And there's more of it. It's <laughs> more of it. Hey, also joining us today in the background, it's the Australian cattle dog Django. <laughs> we are not in a secured location. I'm in my living room adjacent situation. So if, uh, if a truck goes by, Django's going to bark in it. So for the first time, my dog is definitely going to make an appearance on the Brandon yeah. cast. If we get an Amazon order, you'll hear my dog. How how are you holding up? To be honest, this is not that different. Like I, the only thing different is not doing stand up. That's right. it. Um, are That's you it. doing Are you doing Zoom stand up for people? No, I'm not going live. Look. I'm not here to cast aspersions at people that are going live a lot, but I am not one of those people. <laughs> I like a controlled environment where I know the rules and I know it's a comedy club and I'm there to tell jokes only. I'm not interested. Like you don't want me rambling. You don't well, want me. Rambling. And you what? how do you even deal with like with, when there's no applause or no laughter and you're just like talking into a zoom situation? How's that even possible? To like know if like your jokes are landing at all. Part of me, like I, I, I look at this as like it's obviously terrible, but it's a, it's a time to look at oneself and oh. then decide why do you why what are you really trying to say and why? Because there is like a in stand up since you do it every week, there's such a quick turnover. You're just doing it all the time, so you're not there's not a lot of self examination. Like, what am I really trying to say here? And this is an opportunity where there's no way the comedy store is going to be open until June. I would really doubt it. Oh, right. Of course. And that's your main so, place, the comedy store. Yeah, it's my main place. Okay. So, but I just draw more, which is, I mean, if I be, if I couldn't draw and paint, I'd be in a lot of trouble. I'd be in a lot of trouble. Uh, well, you would be like me in that you would be spending most of your time watching Netflix, Amazon Prime, and uh, various other outlets for rock and roll documentaries, Kevin Christie, which is why I've lured you into the BrandoCast today, yeah. because that is going to be our topic. They're great. As you, might, as you might imagine, your friend Brendan is a massive fan of rock and roll documentaries. So Let what I thought I would do... Yep. I can't get my girlfriend to watch them with me. <laughs> Do you have this problem too? Do, Dev, in your experience, do women not dig 
rock and roll documentaries? Uh, in my current situation, that's not my experience. I actually, uh, the uh, the lady that I am seeing uh, currently, uh, we watched Decline of Western Civilization Part 2 the other night and had a tremendous time. Part 1 is on my list. <laughs> Part 1 is on your list. That's going to come up here. So let me let me just throw, I'm just going to throw a couple things by you. Okay. And then our, our super producer, Richard Sheltinga, who's not here with us today on Squadcast, but is lurking around in the background, will add some flavor to what we're talking about. So, Kevin, the first Rock and roll documentary that I want people out there to go watch. It's on Netflix right now. It is ZZ Top, that little old band from Texas. Yeah, I've been hearing about this. Made in 2019, the story of how three oddball teenage bluesmen became one of the biggest, most beloved uh, bands on the planet. And it's made by the guys at Banger Films, who also did Iron Maiden Flight 666 and Rush Beyond the Lighted Stage. That little old band from Texas. It is so good, dude. Have you so you haven't seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. But I really okay. want to. Get ready to live. I fucking I fucking loved it. It reminded me I was lucky enough to see the Eliminator tour and when I was in high school and the Afterburner tour when I was in high school. And it just made me remember how fucking amazing ZZ Top is. And they are one of the rarest bands on the planet in that it's been the same three dudes Mm -hmm. for 50 goddamn years. Yep. Yep. It has. The, The thing about ZZ Top I love is they got big enough to be big, but not so big they're not still... Total dirtbags, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? what I, what's the guitar player's name? Why I want to come to my mind? It's Billy Gibbons on Billy Gibbons. Guitar. You can, if you go to Bob's Big Boy in Burbank enough <laughs> on Friday nights, you can meet Billy Gibbons because he's there looking at cars, man. And one time when I was across the street at Moe's when it was still there, the place that had the, uh, I loved Moe's because it had a lot of salad. <laughs> I was eating at the bar uh-huh. and Billy Gibbons is right there. And I'm like, hey man, this is cool. And he gave me his business card and his business card says friend of Eric Clapton. Now, wait a minute. You are telling the truth to me that Billy Gibbons has been at the Bob's Big Boy classic car set up on Friday nights? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's there looking at cars, man, because he's a car guy. He's a car collector guy. <laughs> I've been wasting so much time. He has like a 49, I think it's a 49 Chevy bullet nose. It's metallic brown, I believe. Right. Because I used to buy hot, like uh, classic car magazines in high school. And he has one of those cars. And so, you know, it, Bob's Big Boy on Fridays, for those that don't know, the one in Burbank, it's a classic car meetup. So 100 guys show up with these incredible cars. And every once in a while, he'd be there. And you'd just be like, fuck yeah, man. That is definitely Billy Gibbons from CZ Top. Also, Jimi Hendrix's favorite guitar player. Which is uh, chronicled in the documentary. And it's tremendous. Uh, Frank Beard, the drummer, as you were saying, they kind of look like dirtbags. That guy looks like he runs the Flying J Travel Plaza just outside of Needles, Arizona. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's a guy who, if you talk to him long enough, he knows someone who can knock off your wife. Like he can get rid of her. He's like, I mean, I got a cousin that's a real piece of shit. And he's like, I don't know if he'd do it, but he probably would. His, he had a wife that disappeared. I mean, she probably left him, but we don't know. Like they're real life. They're my favorite. Not, my favorite kind of people in the world are dirtbags that got successful. Well, the, and, and my favorite uh, kind of people are dirtbags who got successful, who shock you with their politics. Like mm. the guys in ZZ Top, they're kind of hippies. Totally. Like, like, and they look like they want to make America great again l- last week. You know what yeah. I mean? And they'll yeah. bulldoze anyone who gets in their way. No, they're fucking cool. Because those totally guys, hippies. those guys, and they got screamed at and harassed because they grew their hair just past a crew cut way back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's chronicled. So they 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 had to put up with a lot of shit from uh, people who wanted to. People don't out. realize. And one of my doc, in one of the documentaries, I talk about this. Uh, was one of the reasons I like it. How much having weird style got you like beat up back then? Yeah, mm-hmm. like beat up in the, like the cops would beat you up. Not like even a jock. Like jocks were already beating you up, but the cops would beat you up because you were a long hair. 
Yeah. Like, and what you're going to, what are you going to do? Call the cops on the cops? Like it was literally dangerous. So those weirdos, those weird beards, they were doing it, man. And just the rhythm guitar. It's just the best. It's the cars, the look, the whole thing were just, I, I had a ZZ top enamel pin. Yeah, that you I did. bought at a record store on Foothill in La Crescenta that we would just walk to. And I didn't have any money. So I would go there to buy pins. And I bought a ZZ Top pin and a Duran Duran headband. <laughs> I had the ZZ Top keychain that they yeah. used in the video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm chronicled in my high school senior yearbook wearing an Eliminator tour shirt that I was very proud right. of. I used and to it was that logo all the time. It's a great logo. Oh. Um, to, to your point, I bet La Crescenta loves ZZ Top. Yeah. Well, not, not <laughs> my generation, but like the dude's. The older brothers of the seniors that picked on me yeah. definitely loves Easy Top. I mean, La Crescenta is a real big drive your El Camino to Crescenta Valley Park at night. Yeah. Get wasted, beat up a pussy, and like be a dick. Like checkered van slip ons with no socks, beat up light denim, an Iron Maiden baseball tee, and I'm terrified of you. Let's you're drive into Glendale and. Let's drive into Glendale and kick some ass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, heavy white heavy metal dudes were big in La Crescenta. Like that was a big look in La Crescenta. Like feathered hair, feathered long hair. That that photo book, Heavy Metal Parking Lot, that look was big when I was like seven years old. Those were the guys I was afraid of. Because you thought it was the beginning of satanic panic. So you really did think those guys worshiped the devil. Because as far as you knew, Ozzy Osbourne definitely was the leader of the Satanic Church. Yeah. Because on that one record label, he had fake jelly on his tongue. But you're seven, and you're terrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which now those that's the only look I like. That's the best look to me in the world. <laughs> um, well, the, I, the one thing I will say about those people is they embraced even though ZZ Top was from Texas and mm-hmm. playing like really hard blues. Those people embraced ZZ Top too. All yeah. those metalheads who love fucking Metallica and Slayer, they yeah. fucking love ZZ Top. They should. It's do, like the way mo- it's like the way punk fans love Motorhead. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they're just fucking cool. Go watch the documentary. You're gonna love it. All right, Kevin. The second documentary that I'm gonna throw out to you while all of us are in quarantine and fucking struggling and wondering what we're gonna eat for dinner tonight. You know what you're gonna go watch, people? But my, my second pick, Brendan's second pick. For the stay-at-home, self-quarantine, Rock Doc Film Festival, Linda Ronstadt, The Sound of My Voice. Whoa. It's the 2019 doc about the life and career of singer Linda Ronstadt, and it traces her from her childhood in Tucson through her decades-long career uh, and to her retirement in 2011 due to Parkinson's disease that originally aired on CNN. CNN made the documentary. But it's out there and available if you can find it. Have you seen that one? The Linda Ronson? No. How much time do they spend on her hair? Because <laughs> that, that's what Linda Ronson to me is. She has the longest hair. Well, it gets you. you, I think you're going to dig this one too because you're the only takeaway from the Linda Ronstadt documentary is that she's one of the most substantial artists of the 20th century. Really? Yeah. She had uh, so many sort of different careers. Really? She was was a fully formed artist right out of the gate. She's of she's of Mexican heritage. I remember the Spanish stuff too. Yeah. Well. She's got the number one Spanish uh, language album in the world, the Canciones de Mi Padre album that she put out, which was sort of an homage to the songs that she heard as a little girl around her grandparents and her father. Um, It's it's just absolutely tremendous, but she's a fully formed, dropped-in artist at the age of 20. She comes to L.A. She fucking conquers the scene at the Troubadour right away. The yeah. Eagle, the Eagles were her backup band. Her basically one of her <laughs> first backup bands. That's the best. Don Henley and Glenn Fry met playing for Linda Ronstadt. Wow! Everybody was in love with her, and she just had a tremendous career because she always did what she wanted to do, despite any pushback that she would get 
That's from, the secret. Yeah, that's the secret. You can and, pick short money or long money. And if you pick long money, you will be cooler longer. And that was her shtick. Like, she was like, guess what? I want to go do Pirates of Penzance on fucking Broadway. So fuck off. I'm going to go do it. Yeah. And I'm going to record uh, uh, an album of standards with Nelson Riddle. And the record company's like, no, we want more rock. And then she's like, no, I'm going to go do that. And then it becomes one of the biggest selling records of that genre of all time. She's kick ass. You got to watch it. I love it so much. She has a Lucy's L Adobe period. She, <laughs> she meets her very substantial boyfriend, governor, Jerry Brown at <gasps> Lucy's at Lucy's L Adobe on Melrose, right yeah. street from Paramount Studios. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. I've been there for sure. Um, I have a little intel about Lucy's uh, on Melrose, if you would like me to tell you. She, she, Linda was uh, a, 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 like back in the 70s. That was one of the places to be right. uh, for cool L.A. Lucy's and the couple that ran Lucy's really, really cultivated this atmosphere that if like, if you wanted an inroad to the Latino community, if you were running for state or even federal office, like you had to go get their blessing. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But, uh, I know in recent, but the, the, the patriarch passed away mm-hmm. and I know in recent times, the, the reason that Lucy's is not as awesome as it used to be is it may be, run by an incompetent member of the family, if you will. <laughs> the Fredo. Well, it's the Fredo. Yeah. That, that, which is a classic tale of a, yeah, of, is of, a classic of, tale of a restaurant uh, falling under because it's not run properly. Yeah. No, it happens all the time. Did you ever have a period where you hung out at Lucy's old Adobe? No, you gotta, I mean, I've been there a few times, but you gotta remember I don't drink. So I never hung out anywhere. Got you. Okay, so you don't you don't have a go to place over there in uh, your neck of the woods where you're a regular. Uh, I mean, I go to um, Casita del Campo a lot. There you go. That's good because a drag shows in the basement, right? And the food is great, and they're so nice. The uh, one of my favorite parties that happens mm, roughly twice a year at Casita del Campo. Uh, the the whole building is turned over to two luminaries in silver like. Barbara Bester, who's a huge architect over there. Huge architect. And this guy, John Huck, who's sort of like the m- cool mayor of Silver Lake. He's a photographer and an artist and all kinds of things. And twice a year, Casita del Campo goes, okay, it's 830. We're just turning over our restaurant, the entire premises to you guys. And they invite all the cool Gen X kids from Silver Lake and Los Feliz and Echo Park and turn the place just into a giant hangout. And there's dancing like in one of the side dining rooms. And I fucking love it. And so my move when that party happens is I go and I have dinner at around eight o'clock. So that, that means that I have uh, my own table in the middle of the restaurant while Mm -hmm. the party is going down. That's how I I roll. You know what I'm saying? It's great. That place is great. I've seen them do a remake of a golden girls episode there. Drag show (laughs) uh, designing women. Both were incredible. (laughs) <laughs> I've seen several uh, uh, famous drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race there, some in the show, some in the audience. It's a tremendous place. And how often does the drag uh, the drag thing happen? Pretty, I think they have at least a sh- couple shows a month. I mean, I think there's shows there a lot that I'm just not aware of, but like because I mostly follow famous drag queens, I hear about the ones involving the ones I know. Like there's a local drag queen named Roz Trez for Less. That's hilarious and a comic. And so he was in the designing women one. So I went to that one to see him and Alaska was in it. You know, the other thing that this comes to mind for me, I, I love, I'm such a fan of the gringo style LA Mexican restaurant, El Chavo, mm-hmm. El Cholo, uh, Don Cuco's in Toluca Lake. And- <laughs> Dude, I went to Don Cuco's about 10,000 times. I used to live there. Right there. So I would go there all the time. Get to see Keanu Reeves. <laughs> well, are you telling me Keanu Reeves was regular at the Toluca Lake Don Cucos? 100%. <laughs> Saw him there multiple times because I think he lived in the area. He mm-hmm. would roll up on his Triumph and you'd be like, hell yeah, Keanu Reeves eating a Don Cuco. This is the absolute shit. <laughs> I no, one, no one bothered him? No. Everyone knew. Leave, leave Keanu alone. He's just here having some having some chips. Relax. 
Well, there's a lot of Warner Brothers studio people at Don Cucos, so they know it'd be cool when you see Keanu. I wonder what his go-to uh, meal at Don Cucos was. Like I mean, combination gotta, number three. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you love to know? Should be named after him. <laughs> I would say I hope that it's the uh, chicken tamale and cheese enchilada with rice yeah. and beans. That's the, sure. Keanu. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> the Keanu. That guy's the best. <laughs> He's yet to disappoint us. No. To be fair. No. No, I just I just watched all three John Wicks in the coronavirus uh, self quarantine. Stay at home and just watch movies. All three yeah, back have, to back. I've been watching things I would not normally watch. Uh, like what? Uh, what was that? The uh, fuck. What's the Margot Robbie movie about Fox News? Bombshell. Bombshell? Great. Great. I haven't Fucking seen it. Great, okay. dude. She's great. Everyone in it's great. <laughs> It's a great movie. <laughs> and and who is Charlize Theron playing? Is she Megan Kelly? She's Megan Kelly. Okay. Does and a then, really good impression. Like 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 really you can tell she really went to work on learning how to talk like her. That's a and then so Margot Robbie is Gretchen Carl? No, Margot Robbie's just like an intern that works there that gets her storyline is about getting harassed as a non-famous person and Gretchen Carlson is is uh Nicole Kidman who also crushes it. It's a good movie, dude. All right. I like it. I watched the, one of the weirdest things I watched last night, but I fucking loved it. Uh, me and my new lady watched Unorthodox on uh, on Netflix. It is a, a mini series, like a four part series fiction, but based on a, on a, on a real story about a young girl who leaves her ultra Orthodox Jewish community in Brooklyn. Whoa. Like, sneaks out. And and flees to to Berlin to like, yeah start her life. I mean that's the whole thing. I've read lots of articles on on people that leave the Orthodox community. It can be very difficult because it's you're you're cut off. Oh yeah, you know, and it's well, all you've known. Well, and, and this isn't going to ruin the series for anybody, but part of it is uh, the local rabbis like he sends some people after her to go try to get her back. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I totally dug it. That's usually not my wheelhouse. My wheelhouse, Kevin Christie, is rock and roll documentaries. So I'm going <laughs> to look at that segue. I'm going to ramp up into my third pick for the coronavirus, self-quarantine, stay-at-home, rock and roll documentary, film festival. We mentioned it before. It's one of the best movies of all time. Ladies True. and gentlemen, Decline of Western Civilization, part two, The yeah. Metal Years. So good. Decline is a 1988 documentary film directed by Penelope Spheris, filmed between August 1987 and February 1988. The film chronicles the late 80s metal scene in Los Angeles. It's that one is like at you get to see the high water mark and it just start to recede. Like you get to see people that were like got into it two years early, got the deal, and we're like, they're just finding out it's not gonna happen. <laughs> they're gonna sell a hundred, maybe a half million records, and then that's gonna be it, homie. Like, who do you think was the last metal band of that era to make money? Who got out just in time, or just just under the wire, like Cinderella? Well, your I would say uh, that your warrants, Warrant. because, because there was a progression from like of LA Sunset Strip bands. Let's just start with Motley Crue. Sure. You know, Van Halen. By the way, great. (laughs) I'm tired of this Motley Crue's not great. Fucking Theater of Pain's great. Dr. Feelgood's great. Enough. And La La Crescenta loves Motley Crue. Oh, homie. (laughs) Also, bass player Warren lived in La Crescenta. That was oh, a is that big right? deal. Yeah, that was a big deal. We heard about that a lot. Like, oh, dude, my no. friend lives three houses down from him. <laughs> Molly Crew, Lita Ford lived in La Crescenta. Uh, Lita Ford Montreux. from the Runaways. <laughs> Lita Ford from the Runaways. Also, Kiss Me Deadly. <laughs> I would love to see her. I would love to see her at that old school bowling alley in Montrose. That would be tremendous. That would be a good. Were they film Teen Wolf? <laughs> Lita Ford had a Jeep like chair, had like a Jeep Wrangler, the one with no top, like just the roll bars, and she Love would it. drive around Montrose. And when you saw Lita Ford, 
you felt blessed. Because <laughs> Lita Ford was hot, my friend. <laughs> Metal, me was, deadly. Metal took Lockerson and Montrose by storm. Because well, we're talking so, about a white trash jet ski type of town. <laughs> <laughs> With no lake nearby. No, you got to go to Havasu, bro. <laughs> lake Arrowhead, maybe if you're, take, if you're serious. <laughs> yeah, are you allowed to have jet skis on Lake Arrowhead? I, I mean, I don't. Know. I don't know. I never. I'm not a lake person. I hated those people. <laughs> I <laughs> well, hated those people. Gu- guaranteed, the Montrose metalheads were and Locker Santa metalheads were going down to the Sunset Strip in the '80s to deal. Uh, to back to your original point about who made it and who did it. If you go the progression from Motley Crue to Rat mm-hmm. to then Wasp and Dawkin, Dawkin and, and Poison. These yeah, are, I'm talking just about the LA band, like the bands that made it on the Sunset Strip, Poison. Uh, really, no, none of the young bands that they chronicle and decline to made it. There was London, there was Seduce, there was Odin, and Odin, they <laughs> Odin, Odin, <laughs> Odin. They didn't make it, but I would say, like you know, Warrant was, I think, one of the last Sunset Strip bands to have like a real career. A huge you know hit. I mean? like, yeah, yeah like, hit. A, like a huge hit. I mean, there were bands like the Bullet Boys and Bang Tango and stuff like that. But, Bullet Boys. But all, all those people are running hardware stores in the Deep Valley now. You know what I mean? Where you know are you saying? on Manowar? Because I still bank. My bank is in Montrose. I still go there. And someone has a truck that is airbrushed with nothing but Manowar art. It says Manowar on it multiple times. And it's either the world's greatest man of war fan or someone who's in man of war who now does construction. I, I, I let's go with it's someone in mana in man of war who owns a little business up there uh, near Montrose. I hope uh, so. Cause that maybe let me tell you this truck is done. It is so cool looking. <laughs> if it was a van, it'd be flawless, but it's just like a, it's like a Ford F one fifty with man of war shit all over it. And the cat, it's got a cab on it. And every time I see it, I'm like, yeah, Man of War. <laughs> it's, it's like so. It's the Frank Frazetta e. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a Viking Mastical woman riding up holding axes. Yeah, I don't know if they used Frazetta art. It's, this might be a Boris Vallejo situation. Okay, oh, wow. Who is the cheaper Frank Frazetta? Not okay. Not as good from the perspective. Frazetta could make those people up out of his head, which was shocking. Right. Also, Frazetta was jacked himself, like really muscular dude. So I think he would do some of his own modeling, which is incredible. But Vallejo was as good of a painter, but you could tell he really needed photo reference. But v- Boris Vallejo is great. Look him up. Uh, for people who didn't hear the uh, episode of the Brando cast uh, with Kevin uh, at the beginning of my run, Kevin is an artist. I, I, an artist of notes, and he knows the history of art, especially, I would say, you're probably uh, an expert in your street art, your graffiti. I know, your, yeah, I know some. Your, your skate arts, you know. Skate arts, like yeah. Skate yeah. art especially. So, so, so you know your, your fantasy artists. Yeah, Boris Vallejos. I, well, I just, I, uh, I just, I do a, a YouTube show about stickers, and I just was discussing sci-fi art. So people like Boris Vallejo, like Heavy Metal Magazine. That's what we're talking about. And Man of, Man of War was basically heavy metal magazine come to life in yeah. a band that would wear lion fur loincloths. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, did they carry shields on stage? I don't know. I actually never saw Man of War. Me neither. Because, because by the time they broke, I was fully immersed in Husker Du, Sonic Youth, Nirvana. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. All that stuff. So that's, so, I feel like that's where most of us who loved metal went into. Like, oh, I yeah. mean, like, ninth grade when Nevermind comes out and it's just like wait a minute this feels dirty but also is catchier well i i feel like kurt cobain could have been a metal guy i know that kurt cobain probably sure. loved shout at the devil and fucking loved the first ozzy osbourne solo album well dave grohl did for sure and they're all hanging out 100 percent. they're just a little too smart to go into metal yeah <laughs> they're like wait a minute right because the takeaway from Decline 2, to put in the, the, the last plug for that movie, is everyone's a little bit dumb. Yeah. <laughs> they, you're seeing... Because it, it's weird. Because it, metal is one of those types of music that gets kind of a bad reputation. And there are versions of it that are good, made by very dumb people. Yeah. But there are versions of it that are amazing, 
made by very smart people. <laughs> Most of the really great people are smart, but there's some people that got just, they're just good at making simple metal songs and it's totally listenable, but they're not the brightest. And it, by the end, it was just hair and pant, leather pants and a look and a BC rich, you know, shaped like a spider web, <laughs> the rich bitch, which can you imagine calling guitar the rich bitch and then having it work? You're like, oh, we nailed it. <laughs> like A million people bought it. And it was just about, it was, it just turned into aesthetic, you know? Everything is aesthetic. I, on, 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 on to your point, I recently had the, the good experience uh, on the Rock Tales radio show, which is now on Sirius Volume 106. Me and Amit Zappin, our friend Richard Sheltinga, we just sat down with Joe Satriani, Great. and that was one of the most thoughtful guys I've ever talked to in my life. A total ripper. A total also ripper, metal shredder, but a deep thinker, like a guy who thinks about everything. He seems to me to be part of that. There's that like substrain of guitar shredders who was like deeply influenced by classical music. You know, they really are music historians. You know, guys like Steve Vai, Yingve Momstein. Yeah. Well, Joe Patriani yeah. was basically Steve Vai's first teacher. Yeah. They were they were buddies as little as kids in, you know, I think they're both from Long Island, you know, or they grew and up just Steve outside. Vai, Steve Vai's in crossroads with Ralph Macchio as the devil, right? Uh, yep. Yes, he is. That movie is great. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that 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 might fall into the into the uh, the the coronavirus self quarantine stay at home film festival the regular stuff Crossroads. I haven't seen that since it came out. I would. I saw fail. it in theater. Yeah. What year is that, dude? I don't know because I saw it at the Montrose movie theater, which was just one screen, where I saw a double feature, also Back to the Future and Clue, and then it burnt down. <laughs> Oh shit! But it's got to be like eighty five, eighty six. It's post Karate Kid, and it's the story of you know the blues musician who sells his soul to the devil to be great at guitar. And and, and it's Ralph Macchio. Ralph and, Macchio. And Steve Vai is not yet in David Lee Roth's band, so I think you're right about that. I think it's eighty five because in eighty six Steve Vai joins the David Lee Roth band. All right, quick shout out for uh, Decline One. Also directed oh. by Penelope Ferris. That's on my list. Right. That's on the Kevin Christie list. 1981. It's about the punk scene in LA. Yeah. Uh, she shot Decline 2 in the same style where she talks to established artists and then up and coming kids and then kids who just hang out in the scene. And if you love Hollywood and you love LA and you love punk rock, it is an absolute must. It's on YouTube. You can stream it. If you got Apple TV, you can put it up on your goddamn television. But yep. it is tremendous. And the different the, the the I I said this to someone yesterday. The amazing difference between Decline One and Decline Two, it's happening in the same city. It's the scenes are happening two miles apart. One two scene is heavily in Hollywood, the other one is on the Sunset Strip. The intelligent again, it goes back to like dumb kids. And kind of smart kids, but also fuck ups. Everyone's also money. There's no money in one scene, and there's a lot of money in the other scene. Zero money in the punk scene. Zero money. None, 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 none. And no, and any record deal that you're getting is is not going to get you any money either. No, you're playing nothing. You're not even venues like Gazari. Like you're playing just like rooms, any room, rec halls, VFWs. The Ukrainian like center. The Ukrainian center yeah. on Melrose in Vermont. Yeah, yeah. Miami City yeah. College. Yeah, there's uh, no money. You get to see the germs. You get to see a young Pat Smear, you know, Darby crash and their manager, which the part, my favorite part, she's like, we just want to get him to sing into the mic and he can't. <laughs> He's so wasted, but beautiful. <laughs> and like, there's, there's this great part. My favorite part is when they show the germs performing, they subtitle the lyrics of the song. Yeah. And he's singing it. And you can't understand a word. What he's saying, you're reading it, you're like, these can't be the same things. When you are on every pill that you could possibly get your hands every on. Every pill. And every bottle of booze that someone is giving you for free, that's your, you could lick Darby uh, crap. Most of us, if we licked him, would die. From if the you contact. touched his headstone, <laughs> you will have a flashback. That dude did all the drugs. 
he was like, I'm gonna live, I'm gonna live a short time, but a good time. <laughs> well, he he was sort of the American Sid Vicious, even though he was for sure more of a su- substantial frontman. The other great thing about that movie is there's a scene where they go and they talk to whatever version of Black Flag Penelope shot in 1980, because that yeah. band switched up members all the time. They all were time. all living together in like basically one room somewhere on the outskirts of Silver Lake, you know. And, and definitely a gang infested area, but they had just a room and you've got the little corner over here and you sleep in this little corner over here. And I'm going to like build myself a loft situation kind of with this fucking wood that I found on the street. Like they were, you know, and paying no rent. Yeah. I see Keith Morrison yeah. uh, around Los Feliz all the time. And it's the best. <laughs> he, he is he is often at Go Get Em Tiger on Hollywood Boulevard across the street from the Los Feliz Umami, Umami Burger. <laughs> I've seen him at Fred 62. I briefly said, hey, I really enjoyed your autobiography, which I did. Nice. His book is great. But that's the, lead, the original lead singer of fucking Black Flag, homie. Like, and that guy is real as shit. And he used to work, he used to work at Millie's on Sunset. Yep. He did. That dude's about as real as it gets. If you want to talk authenticity, that dude's the real deal. Real deal. Now he's an author. Beverly Hills, Century City. <laughs> <laughs> from like East Bay or no, uh, Long, what, where are they all from? Not Long Beach. It's right next to Long Beach. His dad owned a bait shop. I don't. Like his book's good. Oh, really? I got to check that out. Yeah. Keith Morris. Rock and roll luminary yeah. and uh, a Keep constant uh, in in the uh, in the LA scene. All right, I'm going to drop you. I'm going to I'm going to switch gears, and I'm going to give you my fourth pick for the Brendan Smith coronavirus stay at home self quarantine rock and roll documentary film festival, and it's one that my sister in law Diane Becker produced. It's Leonard Skinner. If I leave here tomorrow, which came out in 2018. It's rare interviews and never-before-seen archival footage uh, into the history, myth, and legend of Southern rock band Leonard Skinner. It's fantastic. Skinner, you gotta feel like, is the political mirror, Im- polar opposite of ZZ Top. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, not to ruin the movie for anybody, even though they wrote Sweet Home Alabama, they too were hippies. Yeah. And, and actually, as Ronnie Van Zant got the lead singer, got older, he became more uh, introspective and he was for gun control. They have a song called Ooh, That Smell. Smell yeah, yeah. So that's basically about gun control because he was tired of watching dumb people shoot each other. Yeah. But they grew up in poor, they, they all grew up in like the poor parts of Florida. Yeah. Oh, wow. And they're all just fuck up teenagers, uh, but really good musicians. Who yeah, not when it came to guitar, those guys. Jesus H. Christ. Well, and they, you, you get, the movie gets into their work ethic. Like they had a, they had, like there was a Leonard Skinner work ethic where basically they, they found this cabin out in the swamp and they, they would lock themselves in this little place for weeks and just play the same parts over and over and over and over again. And well, you can't, you can't play Freebird. On a whim. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's it's like it's it's as long as a damn symphony. Like that's a memory. I okay. I love Built to Spill, one of my favorite bands of all time. Yes. And I saw them once at the House of Blues, probably 2003, and they covered Freebird front to back. And for the first two minutes, everyone's like, oh, this is cute. They're not gonna do it. And then about seven minutes in, you're like, holy shit, this is happening. Like, ah, how do you even decide as a band leader? Like, we're going to do Freebird. I'm sure the rest of the band was like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> I got stuff to do for the next six months. Like, no, you don't. We're learning Freebird for the next month and a half, and we're going to get it down. Like, that thing is so complex. To just be able to play it is insane. There's well, no, like, that's a physical effort. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it. they get into the making of that song in the documentary. They get into, they too were harassed by the more conservative people. Sure. Uh, Leonard Skinner was their gym teacher. His name was Leonard Skinner. That's just a person? That was a person. Holy and shit. and he was like the ass-kicking, hard-ass, crew-cutted, 
fifties, yeah. sixties. I fucking hate hippies gym teacher. Yeah. And so like, you know, they all lived in terror of this guy. It's a tremendous documentary. Uh, they, they come off as being so much cooler than you ever thought they would be. Yeah. Cause I grew up thinking that they were just rednecks who, you know, they wanted to make America great again, you know, 40 years ago. That's not true. They had soul. They had hearts. They liked everything. I you always know. thought of them as rednecks I could hang out with. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, look, they, I mean, they fully embrace the Confederate flag, but you know, I know people like me of my age go, well, you don't understand like back in the seventies, but now, now we know Dukes of Hazzard. <laughs> I know I had the fucking Dukes of Hazzard. People under, over a certain age were like, uh, like we just didn't, we were, we had a, a kind of blinder on. We had a blinder on. No You're longer right. is acceptable. And even now when I look at the t-shirts, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> damn it. I still want that. I know I, I can't know. have it. I, know. I mean, I, I did see though, a guy changed his general Lee to the Ulysses S grant. And it's blue, number one, and has oh. an American flag on the top. And you're like, okay, all right, bro. All right, I see you. I see you. Just just because you're not a racist doesn't mean you can't rip some rubber. Doesn't mean you can't kick ass. I remember seeing Waylon Jennings, who sings the theme song for uh, Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> he was on the Rosie O'Donnell show. And they're, they're, they were, you know, when, back when Rosie O'Donnell had the, her talk show, and they're talking, talking, talking. They end the interview, and he like looks at her and goes, "You know, we, we, we just watch you every day. I just love you. Can I kiss you on the cheek? You know what I mean?" And I don't even think Waylon realized that Rosie was gay because if he did, he probably would have had a different reaction. But he he was effusive in well, his praise for how much he was like, "I'm in love with Tom Cruise." <laughs> <laughs> Rosie was Rosie was saying a lot of stuff on it. was like, I'm in love with Koosh Balls and Tom Cruise. You're like, yeah, and ladies. So <laughs> but yeah, I watched every episode of Dukes of Hazard, including when they kicked the regular ones off, and it was Coy and Vance, the cousins. Wait, 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 time out. You need to refresh my memory on that. There is walk me through that. <laughs> where apparently Bo and Luke <laughs> Uh, I think they wanted more money. Okay. And the, and the the studio was like, suck it. And so they cast Coy and Vance, their cousins, who looked strangely similar and got up to the same exact hijinks. So there was one shorter, dark-haired guy and then one tall, handsome, Ken doll, blonde-haired guy? Oh no, the dark-haired guy was taller. I know this because okay. I once <laughs> met him at a uh, Christian youth group in La Crescenta. He was the speaker slash acoustic guitar player and he was gigantic and afterwards i was like i really liked your sermon this is the person i was back then not anymore and he hugged me in a way i still feel like it was aggressive and hard and he was jacked and just a really nice dude wow i don't know if he was coy or vance i don't think it matters <laughs> were they were they coy and vance duke yeah Oh, okay. I think. And, and was Barbara Bach still on the show or was she kicked off too? I don't remember. See, these, <laughs> see, I'm watching Deuce of Hazard in syndication, so they're not in order. So you'd watch and like it was like how you'd watch Three's Company every day. It wasn't uh, I wasn't watching it at night. I'm watching the reruns. Right. So just every once in a while the odd Coy and Vance episode pops up and you're like, oh, what the hell is this? Wow. But I think it was just them. I think they had, I think Boss Hogg's still on it, you know. That, <laughs> well, that show. Don't, the, it, it, don't, you, you can't, you can't go to the network too soon with your, uh, we need more money, uh, plea. You, yeah, you, you get a, you get Suzanne Summered. Or <laughs> <laughs> they send you to Vegas for six years. Yeah. You, you don't even, people don't even remember. Suzanne Summers was only on, uh, uh, season one, one. <laughs> just season one. Yep. Of Three's Company. That's it. She's gone. Terry shows up immediately and is like, Susan who? <laughs> and never raises her voice because they're like, we got rid of her. We'll get rid of you. We don't give a shit. By the way, that apartment today is probably worth mm, $9,000 a month. <laughs> Not to even speak of the land the Regal Beagle's on. <laughs> that's, that's beachfront. A beachfront bar in Venice with a liquor license, that's worth $3 million. Liquor license alone is worth $3 million. <laughs> I love that show. Jack Tripper's the first, I mean, he's the first character I saw as like a, a performer where I was like, John Ritter's trying to be funny and he's succeeding. I was like, oh, a comedic actor. Him on that show is like next level. 
you can't beat Ritter on Facebook. It's, com- <laughs> it's comedy school. Yeah, it, he's a he's brilliant. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's kind of comedy school. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of brilliant, to round out my rock and roll documentary picks for the self uh, quarantine stay at home coronavirus rock and roll documentary film festival, I mentioned it before. It's Iron Maiden, Flight Six Six Six, made from the guys at Banger Films, who again did the ZZ Top documentary and the Rush documentary Beyond the Lighted Stage. But Iron Maiden, Flight 666, is basically the film that shows you how kick-ass Bruce Dickinson is because <laughs> he flies the goddamn plane when yeah. they go on tour. Not any of this Cessna bullshit. He flies nope. the big plane. A Him and Travolta. Him and Travolta. A 747. <laughs> and he's not the co-pilot. He's not, the, he's not like sitting in a back chair. He's... The fucking captain. The captain. Question. Yes. Do you think they buy the plane or they rent it and wrap it? They lease it. I know they lease it from, they, they originally, they leased it from the company that Bruce Dickinson was working for in his spare time. Uh, I, I feel like it was a Dutch airline. Uh, and so they, they made a lease agreement with that. And now since then, they've, the plane that they use now is like double the size that they right. started off with because the flight 666 takes place roughly 2008 ish um and, and you know now we're we're 12 years later and the plane they used on the last tour was like bigger than air force one i mean it's just a fucking monstrous plane because they they take full crew full set full band on the plane damn yeah, and that's how they travel. And the to not, and the key is don't buy it. That's why John Travolta is doing uh, Greece festivals is because he bought the planes, which is ill advised. I didn't wait. Oh, say wait. Travolta bought mm-hmm. himself a seven forty seven or a seven. He may have more than one. Oh shit! I know he has one, and he ha- he like has a runway in Florida with this giant mansion. And now you go to have now you can go to Greece Con. And if you think one of those doesn't have anything to do with the other, you're wrong. Because <laughs> you know what you can't do with a, an old uh, uh, pasture plane? Sell it. Because <laughs> no one wants it. Oh Why would they want it? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Does Travolta do – Bruce Dickinson used to do – They Iron Maiden used to do a special thing where they would do like, okay, Maiden fans – a hundred lucky winners are going to fly with Bruce from London to Paris for the show on the plane, you know, and that became a big deal. Do you think that Travolta does a similar thing? I don't think so. And I think that we were finding the source of the problem. He doesn't share the plane. Oh, Oh, he doesn't, he, he's not shuttling people around in any way, shape or form. I think it's just like him, you know, he's like, Oh, I got to go do a movie in Paris. He flies it himself. I heard Sidney Pollack flew planes too. Like substantial planes or yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's type a, that's type a, if I doing this podcast for me, I'm done for the day. Like this is it. Like I've, I'm mentally exhausted. I've done yeah, my it's thing. It's such for the a day. specific type of man yeah. that wants to learn to fly. I'm not that man. I, I think it's the, ty- the type of man who, who could do more than one thing a day. Like sure. good, good for you, man. Like I, I I stood in line at Trader Joe's this morning for 45 minutes. Like I'm done. That's I, yeah. I, I, I got up and I, and I contributed to society somehow. I don't know. No, this is what I did today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. But Travolta flew from Clearwater to yeah. wherever he wants to go. Wow. Good luck trying to deduct that plane off your taxes. Even if you're a religion, the, the government's like, are you fucking kidding, John? Yeah. You had to fly your own plane. The gas, the, the fuel. Millions of dollars. It's a million dollars. More, yeah. Probably more than flying private. Oh, a, a billion percent. By the way, Travolta, you should be flying doctors and nurses around the country because there are certain spots that need them right now. How about that? Oh. And I love John Travolta, by the way. I, I do him. too. I do too. He's really talented. He's a national treasure. I Paul Fiction. We watched Paul Fiction the other night. Totally holds up. One of his greatest acting jobs in uh, the history of his life. Oh, he's great. He's, he's great. great. Yeah, I love John Travolta. Well, my man, we're gonna we're gonna pull this truck into the garage. Okay. We're gonna wrap things up here on the Brando Cast, Kevin. I want to thank you so very much. So very, very much for helping me 
on this first uh, coronavirus episode of the Brando Cast. <laughs> is there anything you want to plug? Is there anything, um, any place online you're going to be? Any Zoom room you're going to be in? Any? Again, I will not be going live. That's a promise. <laughs> That's a promise from me. Unless I'm forced to by a, a multinational conglomerate for money, I will not be going live. I do have a YouTube show called Sticker Album in which I talk about my skateboard sticker collection and how it relates to art in general. No, I'm not kidding. Okay, I love that. So <laughs> what's the easiest way to find that on YouTube? Just type- Go YouTube and type in sticker album. I'm the, oh, you know, oddly enough, I'm one of the only shows devoted to stickers. So it's not that hard to find. Okay, I, 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 I have you seen the meme of the rather large um, uh, African-American porn star gentleman? That's, yeah, uh, I just read an article about him. Okay, so I am assuming that those stickers are going to hit the streets pretty soon. Some young dude out there is going to do the silhouette and start posting them on stop. Well, touch Tom Segura. Okay. Tom Segura made a shirt with just the guy's head, and it says "Wash your hands." Okay, <laughs> and, he's <laughs> and he's giving the net profits to the family because the family of the guy he died. Uh, a number of years ago, maybe I think five, and they had you know a little bit of trouble covering the funeral costs. So all the profits are going to go to cover the leftover funeral costs of that dude. He was apparently a sweetheart of a man. Uh, he was a bouncer. Uh, he played. He was an athlete, and, the, and then but he was apparently a very very sweet dude that everyone loved. He was like kind of like just a big teddy bear of a guy who happened to be blessed with one of the biggest pieces anyone's ever seen in the history of the world. And that meme went around, but uh, yeah. So if you want to help that dude out for getting a chuckle, uh, go to Tom Segura, the comedian Tom Segura's site, okay. type, go to his merch and buy a picture of that dude uh, on the shirt and you'll be helping his family. So that's good. Uh, that, those are, those are, that's an excellent closing. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, again, thank you very much. And uh, you know, when uh, we all come out of this, uh, this hellish pandemic, uh, we got to get you back in the studio so we can do this the right way. But you are the greatest for playing along today, and I, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you, dude. My pleasure, Good dude. Good to talk to you. All right, cats and kittens. Until next time, it's the Brando Cast. Don't forget to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Leave your reviews, your ratings on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, the Brando Cast. We're out. <laughs>